0: this is the lingaholics podcast with cody marcus and ian where we dive deep into conversations about the experiences and endeavors of the language learning life on this pod we feature a wide variety of guests and topics with non-stop passion and non-stop fun there's no last call for lingahol so come on in and join the show Amazing. Oh, yeah. All right, everybody. Hello. This is episode 35 of the Lingaholics podcast. Ian here. Happy Easter to you all. It's spring break for the teachers out there. Uh, most of us anyway. So uh, shout out to the teachers. A well-deserved break for everybody. And for me, Senor Rainier, Monsieur Rainier, uh, whenever time, anytime I get free time, that means language learning time. And then not only is it just free language learning time so on language twitter uh started by our pal mark from language come up who we had on a previous episode and today's guest the one and only jonathan jonathan seabolt seabolt speaks welcome to the show sir hey thanks man i feel like uh even just saying the one and only gives me a little
1: too much credit for (laughs) anything but you uh, are
0: the one and only man but i
1: but I, i appreciate that so yeah thanks thanks for having me on i know that you know i've i know that it's you've tried to get me on several times
0: and uh yeah. you know
1: with whatever the situation i'm, I'm glad that i'm here oh, right, so
0: man. we're uh we try to be like the most laid-back podcast out there yeah but... take take it over my territory no <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah no man you started this territory <laughs> I'm, I'm messing yet. with you <laughs> no man for sure so uh thanks for being on the show today we've got lots to talk about yeah. uh so let's check in with the fellas with the gents uh my co-podcast So we got our man in lockdown, but they ain't locking down his languages. Uh, (laughs) of sweat go away. Oh, bubbly! I also have a bubbly. bubbly. Always got the bubbly, hey. Bubbly, that's our. Always the bubbly. That's the go-to. Okay, how's it going, Mr. Marcus?
2: Well, you put it correctly. They're locking us down, but they're not locking down the languages. Right. No, it's going well. Um, what can I say? you know i'm big into the podcasts now i can't wait for the meetups to start again here like i cannot wait um so i like i'm i'm missing speaking practice It's really and i mean like i'm missing the whole social Uh aspect of language learning altogether, which kind of sucks but here's the thing i'm installed i moved into my new place um uh, milton ontario shout out Uh, out. but but i moved into my new place and as soon as I, i just got my desk today i'm gonna set up like a a monitor, a webcam and everything. I have my computer, my my Yeti blue Yeti obviously. So I'm gonna start booking into my talkie classes. I'm gonna see if I can get some language exchanges set up as well for the for the coming weeks. So uh yeah hopefully I can get some some practice and some speaking practice in. But otherwise yeah I'm big into podcasts. I think I average about Yeah uh,
0: that's my question. How many hours do you average a week? A week.
2: Already? i average like five a day <laughs> okay but i'm okay, big in a podcast be, we're,
0: we're gonna be talking to siebold about the 40 hour language challenge man so right right you're so probably so,
2: close. so i do a fair, i do a lot of lab work and like r&d yeah, and yeah. manufacturing work so um when i'm in doing monotonous a lot of it's very monotonous and just um running experiments right and when i'm yeah. able to do that when i'm doing that i'm able to listen to podcasts a lot okay. a lot of podcasts now right. um so Tell that's kind of my, my main, for, to get volume, language, volume, just podcasts. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, kind yeah. of what I do. Sure. Okay, okay, Now And I kind of feel like it's downloading. It's the closest you can get to just download languages into your brain.
0: That's and I kind that.
2: of feel like I'm doing that a lot. So I have, especially in Spanish, because that's like my highest uh, second or foreign language, I guess you can say. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I have a lot of Spanish, like long format, Joe Rogan style, uh, Spanish podcasts that I listen to all day, yeah. right? And then I I coupled that with Pimsleur programs in different languages. So right now I'm doing Portuguese. And then I have a bunch of other podcasts in different languages that I follow religiously. Like i religiously listen to all the easy German podcasts. For example, the new easy Catalan podcast is fantastic. Like I want to pay those guys money. I want to contribute just so they make more content more frequently. Yeah. Um, what else is there you, you, i don't know It's just what i'm doing and now i got a 20 25 minute commute in the morning every morning so that's perfect for just languages right
0: yeah man all right so i think this 40 hour challenge is definitely in your wheelhouse this week i think i
2: get i get 40 hours of languages every all week right, man. Sure. Well, that's
0: the challenge that's the challenge uh yeah at, at least you. i'm close to it yeah absolutely all right and our man in korea
3: cody hartsberg how's it going cody Yes, I'm, I'm doing well. Uh, I had uh, a good week, a busy week, a hectic week, but I had a good week. Um, it was mostly, it wasn't as like language heavy as I thought it was going to be because I needed to do a lot of uh, bureaucratic things like running around and getting things done and getting set up for life here. And also work was like, um, at work I was mostly using English just because I'm was slow i'm slowly getting used to things around there and yeah so i didn't get to speak as much korean as i would have liked but that's normal though because like this this still that was my first full yeah, week out there. in korea right so for sure i was just getting used to things here and i slowly am i feel every day is more more and more normal which is which is really great and this weekend was was fantastic on saturday i met up with somebody from hello talk and we went hiking to a mountain around here in gyeongju and then he took me out to a nearby city daegu which is i think it's like the third or fourth biggest city in korea and a friend that
1: lived in daegu yeah oh yeah okay that's where one of my friends lived was in daegu
3: Awesome. Yeah. So I went there on Saturday and met up with one of his other friends. And then we just, um, we went around to a traditional market, which was super cool. And then we just went out to a a bar and had a few drinks and had something to eat. And then yesterday was kind of just like a a housekeeping day where I just like organized some things in my life, like cleaned up my house and things like that. But I think, uh, from now on though we this is like perfect timing for me for this 40 40 hour language challenge because i'm i've got all the 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 groundwork laid so i'm good to just focus on getting super good at korean from now on and uh i think i'm gonna be able to really focus on korean at work much more than i thought because the my my boss wants me to use korean in the classroom which is awesome because at my yeah at my at my old school in china that was forbidden so i um i'm gonna be able to to really improve on my korean through that way so i'm i'm easily gonna be able to get 40 hours of korean in every week because half the day at work i'm gonna be speaking korean which is great
0: okay man awesome all right so i think we're set up pretty nicely and for me So the language I'm doing, I'm visiting my old friend uh, Ukrainian this upcoming week because, although I've also been working on Korean and German's big for me, uh, I've needed I need some kind of week to get my uh, wheels running. So this week, 40 hours, it's going full bore. into Ukrainian, so I'm happy because I'm not like I'm I'm definitely rusty, but I'm not like a complete beginner. So let's turn now to the guy who helped initiate this. So bel, can you introduce maybe yourself a little more. I know a lot of people mm-hmm. in the language community know you already um, just with your channel and who you are and then yeah, so this first topic here today, the forty hour challenge you start with Mark and how that's come about, and have you done it before, or like I know you you do your live uh, study sessions and all yeah but just how um, like, the effects the positive effects you've reaped from it
1: yeah, so uh, yeah, so to start out that I'm my name is Seabolt Speaks Jonathan Seabolt. My real name is Sebolt. Uh, a lot of people seem shocked. I guess it's unique, or I, I don't know. But yeah, so that that is me. Um, I didn't actually have anything to do with the creation of of the forty hour seven day language challenge. That was, um, as far as I know, it's Mark. I know Lamont from Days yeah, instance, Lamont Swedish was did it. Big in it too, right? He did it around the same time because Mark had been talking to me about it. Um, on Facebook for a little bit before Lamont had even done that. And it, I mean, people have done it. It's not like anybody created it per no, se. I'm not so, no. but I mean, Mark is the first person that I know that really brought it into the language f- sphere, YouTube and stuff like that. Um, yeah. And then I saw it and I was like, that's a freaking awesome idea. I want to <laughs> do that. Yeah. Um, and then I thought too, if I could put my own spin on it with having a full-time job, a wife and a kid, that whole right. thing and it could maybe at least inspire some people to uh just realize that they can get a little bit more in than what they had previously thought you know because that was always my thing um my channel starting out was just basically dabble central it was whatever <laughs> i thought i could do yeah. the easiest <laughs> as possible and whatnot and um yeah, man. and uh taking that and then of course uh, i just passed the year of going hard on japanese yeah. and yeah learning how to prioritize things, that challenge helped me a lot. I actually did it for eight weeks in a row. I think it was eight weeks in a row. Um, And that's again, on top of a full time job, a wife and a child and that kind of stuff. And it just put in perspective as what you can prioritize um, here recently. I've not been studying as much and it's a, it's a good idea for this to kind of come full circle and happen again with, you know, Mark being like, let's do a challenge, like a community challenge and try to get more people yeah. into it. Uh, uh-huh. Cause you know, I'll just be sitting here and like, you know, my son, I mean, he's self sustainable. He'll play games and whatever and, and stuff. Yeah. And I'll just be sitting on the couch. And of course, I'll go through like a TikTok hole of just, I can't like, I'll just open something and one video will be funny. And then I'll be like, Oh God, that was five hours. I could have been studying something. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah. So, uh, you know, it, it's just, it's, it's that. And the 40 hour thing is just kind of arbitrary. Uh, realistically the goal. And again, people have different versions as well. You know, Mark does the 40 yeah. hour where he tries to get as much active. I do partial passive and partial, you know, active and whatnot, but yeah the idea isn't necessarily even to have to hit 40. It's if you, if you normally get 10 hours of study, shoot for 15.
0: Yeah. Go beyond,
1: right? Go beyond. If you get five, if you, or you do one hour a day, try to do an hour and a half a day, try to do two hours a day. Just try to get a little bit more. That's the whole, the 40 hour seven day thing is more of just the the tagline of it, but just, just try for a week to get more like actively try to get more than what you usually do.
0: Right. Cause there are some people like us three, like, like when we're doing our languages, like we're probably already at like a pretty decent number. But then if it's like a higher level already, like mm. push for more. But then like a beginner, yeah, push for more.
1: So. And the passive thing for me is super easy because I, I work a job where I can wear head headphones all day. So you
2: like me, like Marcus. yeah.
1: So yeah. so I mean it's it's almost cheating. So I I try to you know again <laughs> I know that for people who like for example my wife is a teacher, which she's not into languages, but let's say she was, yeah. she couldn't do that because she can't just listen to headphones all day and no. stuff like that. So you know what I mean. So again, it's just making the best out of your situation, trying to get a little bit more than what you normally do. Just push yourself out of that comfort zone to try and actively make sure you're studying just a little bit
2: more. So see, what do you listen to when you do passives?
1: Uh, most of the time. So with Japanese, um, I do, I, I have two channels on my YouTube that are dedicated to Japanese only. One is a passive one is an active and I know that's stupid, but I love to track the numbers of what I'm doing here, but because on YouTube, on the app, if you have that, you can't do it from the desktop, but from the app, you can see how much time you've watched. That way you don't have to worry about counting how much time you've done. You don't have to worry about counting videos and all this was this and it just tells you everything. So for when I'm at work, what I'll do is I'm subscribed to the same channels on both channels. And what I do is my passive, I will listen to videos that I have watched already. That way they're somewhat familiar to me.
0: Right, just getting the audio. Yep. Then, mm-hmm.
1: um, and that way too, because I don't, I don't listen to a lot of music, um, and it's because I find myself oftentimes almost drowning out what's happening, and it's it even the words themselves, from where I don't fully understand them, almost yes. becomes part of the melody themselves, and so. Right. I, I'm just sitting there and it's just almost all of it as a whole is music to me instead of actually hearing the words. So if I'm just listening to a video because I'll, I'll watch like vloggers or there's a girl that I watch that has this cooking channel, which is also really easy to understand because it's cooking terminology, eating terminology and stuff like that. And so that, that's what I listen to for passive is kind of kind of in this half hearted era of I kind of already understand some stuff. Um, that way if I'm just sitting there and I, I'm like, Oh God, that was super hard. What was I doing? And then my brain is like, Oh, Hey, you understand this. And I'm like, Oh, cool. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's what I, and then sometimes like if I've watched a Netflix show the day before or something like that, I'll, I'll listen to it because I've already seen it. And I even have the images and stuff to go with it more so. And from where it is more of a script based thing, baseded based thing. <laughs> uh, um, you know, it's, it's a little bit easier to keep up with as well, because I'm more so a Attached to those visuals versus a YouTube video that's just vlogging or something like that,
0: right? Okay, that's interesting. Listening to it after you've watched it because I'm trying to think like we watch for Spanish called Casa de Papel or Money mm-hmm. Heist, and I could just imagine if I was only listening to it, uh, I could picture, I could totally picture the scenes mm-hmm. that were happening, All right? So that re-familiarity with it, yeah. That so that and that way
1: too, it's not just passive gibberish it's also passive some sort of comprehensible input yes,
3: right exactly yeah so that's it's, a it's, really cool idea
1: yeah it's kind of making making the most out of your passive listening by making it comprehensible so even on the oh, few nice. seconds here or there that you are actually fully paying attention it's still strengthening something you already know it's not just mindless words right
0: right noise
3: that. mm-hmm. yeah that's something that like i i used to never really be um too hot on the idea of repeatedly listening to things but i've been trying it recently um but like the either like listening to something i've already heard or listening to something in english first and then Mm -hmm. listening to it in my target language like there's a few like for example there's this one korean podcast i'm listening to called sponge mind podcast and it's these two guys this korean and american guy and they have an english version and a korean version of the exact same episode so i listened to the english version first and then i listen to the korean and i find that it's actually like really helpful yeah no absolutely
1: that
0: makes a ton of sense mm-hmm. to for sure the context of what's about to happen yeah exactly yeah. right uh, okay gotcha yeah so in terms of okay so for you with because you've been doing this and you said you did eight weeks before like 40 hours intensive so all right. Can you just bring us back? Because I've heard you describe yourself as a, a serial dab dabbler, mm-hmm. and I know you've you've been doing J- Japanese since 2009.
1: Correct? Uh, I say like that on and um, off-ish? very, very more so off. Um, okay, okay. Yeah. So I, I started in 2009. Um, yeah. Now I will say that I did fully learn hiragana and a lot of catacomb. So I, I have right. been reading that. Like that's why I can read, especially hiragana. I can read almost as quick as I can read English, just because. I have been doing it for so long. long. Yeah. Um, but I mean, 2009 to probably so uh, you can look when you downloaded apps. The first time I downloaded Duolingo was in 2015. So realistically, right. and I know that they didn't have Japanese then, but no, yeah, realistically, yeah. Um, from 2009 to probably early 2010, I would probably off and on work on stuff. And then I didn't do anything with languages roughly until about 2015 when I re downloaded Duolingo. So it's okay. it is since 2009 but that's kind of a misleading no no no
0: thing. sure
2: so, so, so guys um can we do a little bit of a dabble off here because because see what you gotta understand that ian here he's a serial dabbler as well oh. like <laughs> he dabbles in languages that i've never <laughs> even heard of right yeah so so oh, I, can we do a little thing if you guys <laughs> don't mind can we do a little thing where we go back and forth so ian says a language and then we'll see if sebo <laughs> has dabbled in it and then sebo says a language and then we'll go back and forth
0: i like I it i like it okay
2: and you can start
0: to start okay uh so when marcus was uh going home for christmas swedish you done mm-hmm. the swedish okay. yeah okay yeah, yeah so i got into that just when marcus was going home for a bit then i think like pretty much every duolingo language is on duolingo i have looked at mm-hmm. and tried it yeah so we'll, okay.
1: uh any of the Scandinavian languages I have just because I have a very, like, I don't know what it is about the area, but I'm very drawn to, like, even Iceland, Sweden, Norway, Finland, even down into Estonia a little bit, kind of that whole area right there because Estonia is right underneath Finland, but Baltic? No.
3: No, No, but I mean, like, the Baltic area. Oh, What
0: is Estonian? Is that...
2: Estonian so is is Slavic. That's like yeah. Finnish.
1: It's really really close. It's well, I say it's really <laughs> close to Finnish, but they have a bunch of like uh yeah. like grammatical cases and stuff. Just it may come from the same like Finno What is it? Sinofindo? I
0: I, I, no, I know no, nothing I know no, about language, language trees. Yeah, whatever it is. So <laughs> so uh,
2: Siba, what's like what's like an example of a really obscure language that you've dabbled in?
1: Obscure? Uh, well, I mean, I, I did learn at one point to some sort of fluency Esperanto. Okay. That, <laughs> that, We've done that too.
2: Bonega Bonega. bonega. <laughs> uh and then I I haven't used
1: it since 2018. Right. 2017 2018. I just yeah. I don't know man. I, I became they they have a term for it. I can't remember what it is. It's either like crocodilo or or crocodilo. there's another but um, there's a term for it where you learn it and then you just literally stop and it's almost like you refuse to use it. And I guess I became one of those because I just don't.
0: <laughs> right. I just
1: I just don't use it. So.
0: Isn't it if you're at an Esperanto con- conference and you don't use Esperanto, you're a crocodile? Or I think
1: it might. It, well, I think if you if you know it but you refuse to speak it at those oh, events, okay, yeah. Okay. There's 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 gotcha. a couple. Of terms and then one of them is actually named after the guy that did it it's not that Zim- no i'm not well not Zamenhof, but like the term for you learned it and then you basically just went completely mute from it is named after the guy that mm. like i guess did that first or something i don't know but <laughs>
0: okay. right yeah but i don't know is esperanto is obscure like as one thinks like I guess yes. Maybe being a language <laughs> oh. yeah, okay, maybe being a language nerd and every time cuz I've been to the polyglot gathering at Langfast and there was a huge uh, Esperanto presence but granted there, that's amongst the language There members. are
2: more speakers of Esperanto than Icelandic.
0: Hey, okay. Right. So, right. right.
2: Many Icelandic speakers are like 200,000.
0: 380. 380 380, that's really, Yeah. So, native
1: speakers anyway.
0: Right. And then Sebold am I correct is that what language you're doing for this upcoming week
1: Um, actually uh so we're coming up in about three hours and 15 minutes of me to decide that um well the problem is i was actually i was talking to mark about this exact thing Uh i want to do icelandic i do the problem is icelandic has so limited resources
0: yeah 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 use
1: i mean there is a Pimsler icelandic which i have so i could do that but i mean at the at the sake of causing myself not to have to listen to pimsler i and i love pimsler but to listen to pimsler three hours a day um <laughs> and the only other the only other application that i can even think of that has it is drops has an icelandic course
0: memorize has one at least one level possibly two okay
1: so there's yeah. there's that but i but i I don't want to do Japanese for it because I've been doing Japanese for a year. Like I've been doing Japanese for a year. And I would like to do something else. So if I don't do um if I don't do Icelandic, I'm going to do um Mandarin Chinese.
0: Oh, okay. Oh yeah. Right, right. So
1: because I already can I, I can't speak it, but I do know some Mandarin. Um, and so I think it would be, and from where I have knowledge of kanji, I don't think it would be as tough, um, to jump into because the the tons of the symbols are so similar and even though they're pronounced differently, but it's not like I would have to be struggling to be like, oh, I need to know the symbol and the word. Like I would, I could, you know, like for example, I can't even remember how to say it in Chinese, but I know like atarashi, which is for new is the same symbol in Chinese. So I see that and I at least know I would have some sort of context. So.
3: Yeah, and that's the hardest part about learning Chinese is reading. So you already got a head start. Yeah,
1: for sure. And I think I think you can make it easy. And Chinese is a language, uh, it's something that I want to I've actually thought about doing. And I know that this would have me crucified on my own channel, which is maybe not a good joke to make on Easter Sunday, but um, <laughs> but look at I it. it's a
2: great joke to make
1: I, <laughs> I want, uh, like, I thought about maybe giving myself like two or three months of just kind of time away from Japanese because,
0: mm-hmm.
1: so, and the reason is because uh, just, again, talking to people, like, what am I looking for in language? And ultimately, it is conversation with people. Like, I want to uh, break right. barriers and I want to, you know, go to stores and just say simple things to them. And the problem with that is no one migrates from Japan,
0: Japanese people don't
1: leave Japan so outside of being able to watch tv shows that I absolutely could just watch with subtitles yeah I almost feel like the last year is futile where I'm just like what have I gained out of it outside of being able to be like I can watch Naruto like (laughs)
0: like human connections
1: yeah and that's what I want and you know if I if I took because I wouldn't have to do it long because I'm not worried about being like a political engineer or like some sort of rocket scientist in the language. If I could learn yes. enough Mandarin in three months to just be conversation about your
0: very basic stuff,
1: that's yeah. a win for me.
0: Absolutely. Start socializing and do you yep. go on any like social like code to use in Hello Talk? Do you use any apps like that to connect people or people I, in the community that have reached out? Uh, I've
1: tried to you I've tried to use Hello Talk in tandem and I right. love <laughs> No one ever responds, man. I've, like, I don't know. I can't. And then, of course, italki took away the community feature. Yeah, yeah. We was
0: talking about that the other day. Super
1: dumb. But, yeah, yeah, I've tried. I can't seem to get anybody. I think it depends on the only language I've ever had luck with going back to dabbling is Vietnamese. Um, Okay. The Vietnamese people, like... (laughs) If you even, like, think in your brain, I might learn Vietnamese, you're going to have 50 DMs within an hour of people being like, I'll
3: help you, what's up? That's um, like Spanish, too. <laughs>
1: yeah. and, and, well, and I think a lot of it is because I feel like Vietnam, where they're at, they're like, if anybody comes to Asia, they're going to mm-hmm. Japan, China, right. slash Taiwan, Korea. Mm-hmm or thailand which is yeah. everything that surrounds vietnam and they're like <laughs> yeah. we're also here dudes
0: The carving around <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah no
1: it's but- almost think they're like grateful like oh you know that we're in asia we're here let me <laughs> yeah, help you
0: exist.
1: <laughs> yeah and they're great dude like the more that i looked into it dude it's a fantastic culture the people oh. are absolutely friendly it's the cheap. i think it's literally the cheapest country in the world like oh, you yeah. can stay in like five star oh. hotels for like 4 dollars a night. Yeah. Right. And like
2: it- historically I feel like that would be super interesting as oh, well, right?
0: Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Absolutely. like recent history and Yeah. I've heard it like that part of Southeast Asia I've heard described as like the central America of Asia or mm-hmm. it's like you can travel very affordably and have a Well, yeah, you know what people do,
2: right? Like it's very common for people to go there and rent a motorcycle and then do that go through Vietnam on a motorcycle I met multiple yeah. people so when I was in South America I met multiple people that did just that in Vietnam and they all said that's you got to do this at some yeah. point in your life you go there from, you buy it for essentially it's free like a motorcycle yeah. or a motorbike or whatever yeah. it is I'd love and then to do you that, go man. from north to south or vice Same versa
0: videos yeah any video of Vietnam it's like <laughs> yep. but yeah man the people for sure uh one of my because I was an ESL teacher for two and a half years and probably one of my most memorable classes my last summer teaching at this school was this group of high school students that just moved from vietnam man and it was the most liveliest funniest mm-hmm. class yeah. ever and i was like you know when you kind of you meet some there's this happened with a serbian guy before with me as well you just kind of meet somebody from that country and like i have to go to where you're from i have to yeah oh I'm absolutely oh so, yeah you're right vietnam it kind of maybe even even in the language learning community too would you say like not bypass but just like down the list a little i think i think it is well and honestly i don't think
1: it's even down the list as far as people act but for example lindy made a tweet the other day about somebody asked what's a language that you want to learn but just seems too difficult and essentially the implication that i got was what's so difficult you kind of just keep putting it off and her answer was vietnamese Vietnamese. and it's and it absolutely is
0: because it is Um, tonal too right yeah
1: they have like i think at least six tones right, um, right. and it's <laughs>
0: Cody, there you go
1: it's like partially nasally as well and like yeah, it's it's yeah. all over the place
0: yeah cuz uh well I was, as a french teacher i like to kind of do different lessons and i do a lesson on vietnam cuz there's actually lots of french history in vietnam clonally but it was like a french that's why
1: they use a uh, latin alphabet isn't it yes France.
0: they do but then that latin alphabet like if you look at it it's like <laughs> yeah. 52 letters because yeah. five yeah. versions of the o five yep you and it's like, ooh, like okay <laughs> <laughs> but like it's it's on duolingo and memorized so i mean with like full audio and everything yeah. so it's like okay it's a little more
1: accessible than what it used to be for sure for sure um
0: but yeah yeah i could see where that's like if you're like hardcore polygon, like Wendy, you're just pushing it to the side
1: yeah right yeah there's a lot of other and again it's it's useful like vietnam is slowly like so iceland i can go to because of the vaccination and they're just like hey if you're vaccinated come to iceland because we right. want tourism more people hey yeah and yeah. so that's a place i can get into obviously i can go to like mexico and there's a there's a bunch of like South American countries. I think like Guatemala and like um I think Colombia is open. Like anyway, stuff like that. Yeah. But um as far as like I say overseas, Iceland, Iceland is technically overseas, but uh-huh. still very Americanized versus Asia. But um yeah, yeah. I really like Vietnam will probably be if it's not the first place I go, it, it will probably be in the first like two or three spots that I hit up.
2: Like after the after you can kind of just travel wherever. So sea why Iceland? Is it because it's geographically convenient, or is there some other draw to that?
1: So I have all like I don't know. I, like I said earlier, I've always been kind of drawn to that whole Scandinavia slash. And I, I don't know. I guess there's an argument as to whether or not Iceland is, is Scandinavian or it's not. not. But that that whole area, but Hard. yeah, but I mean, like it's it's in that.
2: It's a Nordic country, right? Yeah. So Scandinavia Nordic. is just Sweden, Norway, and Denmark, yeah. and then Nord- and and then you have the Nordic countries, which is Scandinavia yeah. Yeah. plus Finland and Iceland. Now, now, Icelandic is interesting because it's mm. it's related to Swedish, Norwegian, and Danish uh, through Old Norse, right? It's a Northern Germanic language. It's actually However, supposed to be, I think, the closest to Old Norse, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's the well. Very, it's the most uh, conserved language yep. out of all of them right because then the, the scandinavian languages were influenced by german and english right for, or I'm not, yeah for, from the germanic languages but Iceland uh, was kind of by itself right yep um because it's an island and it's really cool it's the only country in the world that still has a patronymic uh last name system
1: yeah, or that your John's son or Johnson whatever. exactly and that yeah. still
2: holds because in Sweden we got rid of that or in Sweden Norway oh. and Denmark got rid of that um, a very long yep. time ago like a hundred years ago but now Iceland still Iceland is still doing that which is pretty cool
1: yeah I was reading a thing about them the other day and they even said that that I guess they're in order to um, to be named it has to go through like a registry and it has to be approved before you can even name your kid whatever you want to name them and if it's not approved by the government, they like if it's not on the list of approved names. I guess you can probably still, you know, see if it can be approved. But if it's not, they will literally name your kid, and they will legally be known as boy or girl.
0: Hmm. They'll just change it on you.
1: Yeah, they they won't let you. Like if it's not an approved name, they you can call them that, but that's not what they'll. That's not what they'll know say. That. It is. That sounds strange. Oh. Yep, I read that on the yeah, list it's just it's a couple quite, days ago. It's
2: quite conservative in that way.
1: But yeah, uh, Iceland, it's just an area, it's first and foremost, it's even just from pictures, it appears to be oh, one of the most beautiful places on the planet. Um, Absolutely. And part of the draw is, I, I've always wanted to go there, uh, just because of, I mean, it's Iceland, like, it's it's yeah, hard to yeah, explain, man. it's hard to explain, <laughs> it's like but, but it's just like, draw, but there's just something dude. even with the name Iceland, right? Like, I'm, yes. I, I'm going it's to sweet, Iceland, yeah. but yeah. Um, And then of course, just the way that it came about was just, they are the first country that I've seen that was like, Hey, if you're vaccinated, come on up. And I was like, cool. Um, I'm not overly far. Well, I'm a little bit far from Washington DC, but it's close enough to make a trip to have a nonstop flight. So, and I've never really traveled a lot, but I can go and not have to worry about layovers and all this crap. So that makes it a little bit easier. I thought it'd be easy for a first time trip. Um, and I know just speaking with some people on Twitter, they said that most people, especially in Reykjavik, speak English. Like they right. said, yeah, that everyone, shop, everyone. Yeah, shop owners will greet you, you in English. You can't survive
2: in the world with just Icelandic, right? Yeah. Yeah. So everyone speaks and English. So, Plus, it's so, they have so much tourism or they've had so much tourism yeah. anyway. So that's kind of like the main yep. industry sector.
1: So yeah, man, well, there's like, a whole bunch of stuff.
2: Yeah no, it's do, great. yeah. no, I've been to Iceland a lot because I usually yeah. fly with Iceland air. Because yeah. I fly in between Europe and North America a lot. And Iceland mm. Air is usually the most convenient option for that. So I always have a layover in Iceland. Iceland. Now, I remember back in the day, this is like almost 20 years ago now. Mm. Uh, back in the day, because Iceland was a very small, like the Keflavik airport outside of Reykjavik was a very small airport to, to begin with, right? Like twenty years ago, and it's grown so much now. Like it's probably ten times bigger now than what it was back then. But it was really yeah. cool because it was such a sweet spot to have a layover. Cause I was used to like going to like Heathrow or Frankfurt, one of these big airports, which is a nightmare. It takes like 30, 40 minutes to go gate to gate, and you have to right. security and everything. It's super stressful. But Iceland, it's just you get off, you go to and then you just go to the gate next door, and then you're <laughs> at your next flight and it like, gets super chill.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, it get, seems incredible, man
2: yeah it's sweet it's so cool because you land and it's always especially in the winter it's like um uh you know it's dark out it's dark all the time right and then you land all of a sudden you're like all you're you're flying over the ocean then all of a sudden you land on this volcanic black rock and you're like whoa yeah (laughs) i do want to go back and because i will be
1: going more so towards summer months just again because of the way that my schedule is but i do want to go back in the winter for sure right just bring bring a headlamp <laughs> yeah yeah, right. not gonna be able to see anything oh, i want to see the do. northern lights right yeah
2: i hope you see that you know what i've never i've i'm from sweden i've lived there for 15 years of my life i've never seen the northern lights and really? i've been up north like i've been up there like that's awesome times, Ian, you know i've never seen Ian, it have
0: you ever seen the northern lights of course man i'm from saskatchewan canada no you haven't really absolutely it's it's not the coolest version like um people usually go up to northwest territories and the yukon here in canada to see it but like where, where my family's cabin was for 25 years that's in like the northernish part of saskatchewan and you get a it's not the full on version like i know they get tons of tourists um that go directly to yellowknife but i've seen like the faint version and it's a big draw like uh our mexican friend alejandro even in southern alberta which not the greatest spot to go see he was driving like late at night to try and go find it so there are like apps and websites to go and see the northern lights Mm -hmm. but um
3: yeah yeah, i I know
0: i've seen it i just i don't think i've seen like the purest version of
3: them oh because i went up to the yukon when you did 2016 yeah we talked about yeah yeah i managed to to see them one night and i gotta tell you yeah it's it's amazing. I think, I I think it's, sweet. it's something that everyone should. I think there's two kind of natural places or phenomena that everyone should see in their life, and I've experienced both, and they're just incredible. One's Wait, Northern Lights. One? Yeah. The other one is the Grand Canyon. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh my God, the Grand Canyon. <laughs> I had almost like like a spiritual experience just being there. I've been there twice, and both times it was just like you just you, you can't comprehend what it's like to be there. It's just it's that amazing. It's the same with the northern lights. You just you're just in total awe <laughs> yeah. when you're experiencing it. A natural phenomenon. Definitely
1: what I want I want to hit both of those uh well I say hit both of those play I want to see both of those things. Um yeah, man. for sure.
0: Yeah. Can you so the Midwest can you talk about that? Going out to, to the Midwest Ooh. possibly
1: Oh yeah, well, hopefully, if, if I do get to go, or you know, when, whenever that happens, um, uh-huh. the place that I'll be staying is not—it's like two and a half hours from the east entrance of the Grand Canyon. Right, right. I would I would like to go. Okay. Go and to then. that if so, but but what about yeah? So um, hopefully, maybe learning of uh, trying to learn a little bit of Navajo. Yes, talk about to, that a uh, bit
0: because I've dabbled a bit. Talking of to course you dabbler's. <laughs> um, <'cause, laughs> so, oh man. Yeah,
1: tough. yeah. Navajo is brutal. Um, it's, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's like I said, it's a subject-object-verb. So okay. you 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 ball kicked. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. But then of course there's also glottal stops in every word. So yeah. that not every word, but I mean pretty much every word. They they enjoy their glottal stops in Navajo. <laughs> um, and then of course there's tones, but there's there also yep, but there's yeah. also tones that are nasal there's so there's tones and then those same tones can also be nasal and like for example if you have a double o it can have both o's rise like tone Mm -hmm. like with a rising tone both o's with a rising tone and a nasal both o's with just a nasal or one o regular one o rising nasal not nasal like it's it's it is insanity man it's so well it's, it's
0: Okay, do you know historically, have you heard of the Code Talkers? The Navajo Code Talkers in World War well,
1: II? Yeah, were they, like, they were the, whatever, I guess, Germany. Whoever it was, was yeah. cracking all the stuff. And, like, there was yes. a guy they figured out in the war that was that could speak Navajo. And so yeah, they... Yeah,
0: yeah, and they, they got a crew of Navajo. Yeah. They are like, try this, Germany. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like, well, like, no, educate Iraq, me, please. Navajo. Pardon me?
2: Educate me, please.
0: Oh, okay, so... Navajo. The listener so that matter. just gave you one pronunciation example with the O's, and yeah, subject-object-verb, uh, tonal, nasal. Um, so, because yeah, Germany was cracking. I don't know exactly what languages or how they were trying to yeah. pass on codes before. Like, I need to brush up on this history a bit. But they recruited specific members of the Navajo Nation Reserve in the U.S. military to be. Uh, the code talkers and now I, I think they use it on both fronts too if I'm not mistaken like the Asian yeah. and the European they Asian. made
3: they made a movie about this I think it's called yeah, talkers. Yeah.
0: it is yes that's right I uh, forgot just...
3: takes place um on the like in, in, in Asia. the in yeah in Asia yeah
0: yes yeah yeah and basically I forget it had just so many like guys that they were translating like, so they could transmit over the airwaves so the Germans could hear them or the asian like uh, japanese yeah like so if it was intercepted it didn't matter because they couldn't yeah, exactly. they couldn't crack it <laughs> oh. right so nabo is that complex that really yeah, yeah so it was like a military weapon and they got honored years later uh i believe but they got like presidential oh. medals of honor or a rec- some kind of political recognition historically so yeah there's books on it the movie i think i watched the movie a while ago but in terms of like a Badass usage of Navajo. Yeah, I think that like because they because
1: they I mean realistically just with the history of America and Native Americans they could have been like Nah, dude, right, guys, you guys, right. you, guys exactly, right. you guys are on your own. But uh, <laughs>
0: yeah, no, no, solid. Yeah, that's
2: cool that they did
0: that. Yep. Yeah. So how, have you worked down like the Duolingo tree at all? And did or the was...
1: first level? Okay. And then the audio stops. There's no audio after that. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. And I don't know if you know this or not, but uh, audio uh, of any language <laughs> I've ever studied in my yeah. life, yes. there is not a more important audio need oh, than man. for Navajo. So,
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: and it's the first lesson is perfect. Like, it's not even computer generated. It's literally they set somebody in front of a microphone. Yeah. And had them. Re- now I don't know if they only had about 37 seconds to record just that small bit for lesson one. Yeah. But. That's, that's all it is. And after that, it's, it's just blank.
0: Nothing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Duolingo quality control is its own. Yeah.
1: Well, I get, I get frustrated with them because, and I, I've, I've, look, I, I have Duolingo plus, I don't use it very often. I'll go through, I go through spells with it yeah, just depending on sure. whatever I'm trying to do. Um, but I do think that it's a little ridiculous that um, one, they have a paid service on a program that they don't actually do anything for except for host because all the courses are community made. Correct. Two, I think it's absolutely absurd with the amount of money they're making and how big they are that they can't pay. They're in Pittsburgh, dude. Pittsburgh is a hugely diverse city. They could easily have somebody come down and be like, Hey, we'll give you a free year of Duolingo take two hours out of your day and record Can't this audio say all
0: these phrases dude
1: Vocabulary. there is and then to charge people for yeah I, I, it's it's inex- I, I think it's great um and i do think that duolingo has done more good for language than bad contrary yes. to i think it's really really hip for polyglot world to hate on duolingo because right. everybody I mean, it's just what you do but yeah. I do think it's done more good. I think that it's introduced more people to languages and I think it's gotten pe- there's, there's literally people in the language community right now solely because they downloaded Duolingo because they wanted to dabble in something.
0: Correct. So, so I think, think it's can...
1: done more good.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I just think
1: there's a lot of inexcusable business practices. So wait, I part. have a
2: question. If you're online though, cause that's just the app. If you're online, there's no restrictions, right? For um,
1: there's no audio though. Like there's no, yeah. Are you talking about, are you talking about for premium?
2: No, I'm just talking. Wait, there's no audio on Duolingo online
1: for Navajo. For Navajo. Oh,
2: for Navajo. Yeah. 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 Critiquing. And then you've got like you
1: do have communities that take a lot more serious. Like so, the Norwegian tree, I think is, I think it's the largest tree by far. And um, I also think there's a lot of native audio recorded for it because the 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 Norwegian people were like, hey, we don't want this to be crap. Like learn our language. (laughs) Right. Right.
0: Yeah. okay sorry
2: i was gonna say but with, the thing with duolingo though is that it's just like a dabbler's tool like it's not you're not you're not gonna learn a language on a one
0: a two tool
2: i yeah i well, and i learned i became conversational in
1: esperanto okay solely maybe through, okay, that
2: would be the exception yeah. but <laughs> no you're, you're
1: right it's definitely not something like if you solely use that you're not going to become i mean well, who, who am i to say but i don't think that you're you would be able to go from anything
2: past a, an a2 level well, it's maybe way, way too trivial but, that's my yeah. argument but it's great yeah. for dabbling like if you want to get like a basic introduction that's perfect oh yeah absolutely
0: yeah it's a great beginner or a supplemental tool it's yeah
1: but... i still use it from time to time for japanese uh, yeah, just for I... reading practice oh, like yeah, just I mean... because i can see the characters
0: yeah, yeah no I'm it's
2: great like... when i started with catalan it was perfect
0: yep. right and that's my especially beginner. if there's not a lot of
2: resources Because for Catalan there's not a lot of resources.
0: But I like yeah, your point. See, let's I feel like so the Norwegians like took the onus and were like, hey, we want this to be quality because if we're gonna have people learning Norwegian. So is that I guess because whether Duolingo liked it or not, they, they did that or Duolingo accepted it. So is that what it takes then say like I don't know exactly like what resources. For the Navajo community, but yeah, that encouragement, I guess, to get all these yeah. language communities on board.
1: Yeah, and I, well, and to be fair, the Navajo one probably came with people who were like, "Let's get the course up and see how." Because the community, whoever makes the course, um, like whoever the contributors are, I think can see yeah. how many people are learning. I remember I used to be you know, in an Esperanto group, and uh, it was ran by the people who made the course, and they would always be like, "Oh man, there's now uh, you know X amount of people who are learning." this or x amount of people who are learning you know and so um it's probably one of those things where like let's just get it up see what we can do right and um and kind of go from like go from there and in in terms of just making sure that we want to put as much
0: time into this as possible yes right Um, right exactly okay gotcha
1: so because i mean because realistically if not um
0: that's There's, of time there, you
1: don't want to put a lot of time into it if there aren't right a lot, a lot of people learning it granted a lot of people could be learning it if you put more time yeah, into, right. to, to catch, catch 22 it, yeah right. yeah so yeah.
0: but even like esperanto i think i don't know I'm sure what the number is on duolingo but it's had to have definitely exposed esperanto and grown esperanto's popularity oh. or at least exposed it to people yeah
1: No, absolutely. I know that at one point, I mean, there, there was more people learning Esperanto than like Vietnamese. um, And like, I think even stuff like Turkish and Hungarian at one point, like, right. Right. And I'll, uh, and I will, I will always say this about Esperanto people like to trash. I I don't even use it anymore. But, (laughs) but if you've never learned a language and you Uh want to, even if you wanted to learn Spanish or something, If you took three months and just hardcore studied Esperanto to get a concept and understanding of how to learn a language with something that doesn't have, granted, you could make the same argument for Swedish or something like that too, but where there's not really any conjugations
0: um,
1: or anything. I mean, there's a conjugation for the tense, but it's not for each individual pronoun or anything. Uh Yeah. I think that it could, I think it's what made me kind of
2: understand at least that I could learn a language. Yes. Yeah. So, no, that's the argument for it. And it makes a lot of sense if you think about it. Yeah. Like, I've been thinking about this a lot. Like, teaching our kids like Spanish in school is, ridiculous like it's so advanced like you can't just go to class like what sorry ian but okay okay well, sorry like, okay uh, yes that was that input. was personal that was the personal influence taken over
0: your grandma's this ain't your grandma's <laughs> language classroom happening it's not so
2: ian's class is very good it's different it's not your regular spanish <laughs> class but my point Take being is that my point being is that it's very advanced yeah no it's it's complicated yeah and it's good to give them exposure Ian and you're doing a great job (laughs) but I'm just saying that Esperanto would be really cool because it's easy like you could get the kids
0: fluent there's a reason kids start on the recorder before they start on the saxophone like yeah Yeah. another way to think
3: about that would be like um like when kids are in math class like teaching them their times tables that's what learning Esperanto would be like right no, but imagine, like the imagine
2: the sensation that the kids have when they realize yes. that they can communicate with each other in a secret language
0: yes. after yeah. like
2: a year or two.
0: The only and- argument against like, okay, so I teach high school level. So lots of kids have been to Mexico, maybe to Cuba. Like there is a huge cultural draw with the language. Like maybe that's, I think that's a lot of Japanese, like Japanese for an English speaker is really, really hard, but you have so many cultural pulls to it that like they always say the easiest language is the one you want to learn the most. So, I mean, if you're, yeah, if you're just fundamentally thinking it from a language level, then yeah, Esperanto for sure. But I mean, the kid hasn't seen an Esperanto movie before. It'd still be it'd still be a battle in that regard because you'd be getting yeah. a lot of why why am I learning this whereas like why am I learning Spanish well my family goes to Mexico like once a year kind of thing so yeah. I think that's the only
1: I see the arguments for both argument. sides I just I think well in America like I was I wasn't even uh, required to take a foreign language class until I was in high school okay <laughs> like, right
0: like awesome. there's
1: no because America which I know Canada speaks English. And I know that like the UK speaks English and stuff, but America, I mean, I don't have to tell anybody how America is, man. We're like, (laughs) oh, you guys speak English. We're not worried about it. Right. Anywhere that I go in the world, I will find someone who speaks my language and I don't give a crap about anything. That's literally the mentality here.
0: Right.
1: Like, and so I think the biggest disservice to American students are that they don't push that earlier like Uh because it's way easier to make that thing earlier like even in like a like an elementary school to where it's like okay this is just a part of thing you tell a high school kid they have to do something that's stupid like
3: (laughs) i mean i've been my entire
1: life up to this point without why
3: do i need it now right so see you said that you haven't really traveled much is that right
1: yeah so i've traveled i've never been out of the country um and i've traveled to eight maybe 18
3: states okay oh, yeah okay so where i'm going well like so i it's funny yeah. that you already noticed that uh when americans go abroad they have that attitude yeah and it's something like when you when you actually do go abroad for the first time and you see this in person it's like yeah it's it's really cringy Painful. and not actually that's to be fair to americans, americans. it's that's not all al- americans. yeah but it's not all Amer- Okay, one it's not all americans and two, it's not just Americans. Like Canadians are bad for this. Brit, Dude, like British people English are bad people for this. People in Eastern
0: Europe were pretty obnoxious when I visited. Like, like no, the America. Brits are even worse. The Brits, Brits
2: are even worse than Americans. Almost, Britain. depending on the person, obviously, but they can be really bad.
3: But yeah, it's yeah. it's all native English speakers when we go abroad, just behave ourselves terribly, and <laughs> it's kind yeah. of it's it's embarrassing because. Uh, when you go to a country where they don't speak English, like these people are like bending over backwards to learn our language. yeah. And they, they feel, oh, oh, in a lot of countries, depends on the country. But for example, here in Korea, th- they feel like they're obligated to speak English with you. Right. And um, I, I feel like native English speakers, like it just, they don't understand like how much they're going through to do that. Yeah, and they just take it for granted, and they're like, "Oh, everyone just speaks English, just because that's what people do." But like, no, these people are like working really hard to, yeah, re- working oh, yeah. really hard to do that. So,
1: um, yeah. 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 Well, and a lot of times too. I
3: mean, when Americans
1: travel or whatever, they leave the place. You see, like, I mean, just pictures of tourist, va- like the tourist areas will be absolutely trashed, and then like the standard way the city looks. I watched some of the like four K night walks through. I mean, even places like um, it'll be like places in China or Japan or I mean, almost anywhere. And it's it looks so beautiful. And then you compare that to bigger cities here or literally any city here. And it's just like everywhere looks brand new, like Tokyo looks brand new all the time. Like it's so clean. Um, and I asked, I asked one of my, my friend that he lived in Korea, he lives in Japan now, and I said, Why? And he said, Well, the easiest way to break it down is if in America you litter, the cop pulls you over, you're the issue, you get a ticket, everything, whatever, you both drive on, the litter's still there. In Japan, you throw something on the ground everybody freaks out at the bottle until it's not there and then you go on and obviously it's not that exact case but he was like that's kind of a rough estimate as to what like the litter is the issue not the person doing it take care of the crap on the ground and then go from there
3: change the mentality yeah side and japan specifically was really interesting because when i was there i discovered i think i, I don't know if this is only tokyo or all throughout japan but regardless um in in tokyo at least they there are no garbage cans on the street
1: dude that's what i see in those videos all the time people are walking and it's pristine and there's not a garbage can anywhere yeah literally people, nowhere
3: yeah people hold on to their trash until they get home or into a building and then they take care of it there i bet they're that's really
2: just... good at recycling too mm-hmm.
3: right, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah
2: nice i love that I absolutely i love that how they Practices. they're clean and organized
1: Nope. yeah um, it is not that way here I <laughs> know
2: yeah, we just hoard shit and then throw it <laughs> that's so cool and I bet I've heard that, so Cody you've been to Japan um mm-hmm. like like houses like people's houses are super neat as well clean and nice right mm-hmm. yeah that's like right. people yeah. would never walk inside with their shoes on okay right? oh yeah it's stuff lot, like that like never the
3: bachelor pad, the bachelor pad. Yeah. that's blasphemy. That's, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's blasphemy. <laughs> that's blasphemy right? unthinkable you, you can't do that but i mean i don't know in in canada it's yeah okay like people um some people go inside with their shoes on and it's not blasphemy to do that but i think in canada still most people take their shoes off no, the same in the out. states i'd yeah. say yeah, yeah at least is, from my experience for the most part
2: but it's still but it's not a required it. thing and people are not like super organized and neat like in, in mm. japan i can imagine
3: mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true.
2: Yeah. Um, Yeah. I was going to say something. I was going to drop some knowledge. Well, yeah. So speaking of like the whole English speaker and the Uh, overseas thing. Yeah. So I was just going to say something. Um, So in Spain, so their their equivalent of like gringos is like British people, right?
0: Yeah.
2: And it's funny. So here's what they call them. They call them Giddies. That's like gringo, but for for British people in Spain, they call them Giddies. I learned that. And that kind of goes for like Northern Europeans in general, but it's mostly directed like towards los British guides? people. Los giddies.
0: Uh, los giddies. Los, yeah. los pinche okay. giddies. Uh, okay. Okay. Chelipoyas. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, okay. So yeah. Like, Cody you mentioned that it's not just Americans. Like, it's, yeah, English speaking. But all right. See, what well, I wanted to ask you about. Uh, it was pretty heartbreaking this past month because I think the American that. Flip this whole thing on his head was uh the late great uh lao shu moses right who yeah right in america himself completely flipped the script on like that yeah. type of american because he was connecting with uh i love how nobody knows how many numbers languages he spoke it's just like yeah. a lot so many people and i know you yeah. had a personal relationship with him so i just i know it's still like talking about it right now it's like man like still so, it's tough still but it's very like, surreal yeah yeah super yeah. surreal so i just if you tell like i know he's inspiration for you i know he's inspiration for mark so many people in the language learning community and yeah. like and you knew him a bit too. Mm, i used to work for him right yeah, yeah i did okay. some stuff for him right for man. a while
1: uh yeah no he he introduced uh a lot of people to languages man and um yeah everybody Uh, I mean he had a video one time the thing I like about Moses is he there was never a uh, there was never anything that he wouldn't learn because he could he could uh, he could connect with somebody Mm -hmm. Um, and his goal was to not go anywhere and not be able to at least say hello or something right? right I think he catches a lot of criticism because people are like oh he he's not fluent in this but language is a personal journey um you know he wasn't here to impress and i know that it sounds backwards to say because he all of his videos were look at me speak this language he wasn't here to impress anybody by being able to talk about you know some sort of like deep calculus <laughs> equation or something <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know he wanted yeah. to talk about basic things with people and so you know he would go into stores and and do whatever and and you know he in my opinion and i'm not just saying this i've said this before uh-huh. but i honestly <laughs> think that the reason that language youtube exists as a whole is because of moses um doing what he there's people who are making a living now doing stuff that moses i'm not saying created but if you're not going to at least do that he popularized um For for sure And it was never about like the shock. It was about the genuine connections because it was never like a fast paced thing. Moses would show you a two hour conversation (laughs) if it was a little bit. And he always owned his mistakes. There's plenty of times the subtitles would say, I had no clue what this person was saying because it was Uh never, I had to look perfect. And I think that's the, one of the biggest things is he spoke all this stuff with confidence, but he was good for people to see that they didn't have to be perfect um as long as they could get their point across they could converse with people and um you know moses did a lot and i I, uh and i mean being being a black dude in america like there was literally a video where he was in michigan and um he was speaking it was either polish or russian he spoke both in the video but i can't remember if he was speaking polish or russian to this woman and i remember the woman looked over at her friend who was a, an older woman who her parents were from Russia or Poland, wherever it may be. Yeah. And, uh, and she said, mm-hmm. uh, you need to learn. He, she said, this guy can do it. And he's black. And I just think about uh-huh. facing that uphill battle his whole life of that kind right. of thing and getting to where he was. Cause he didn't look like everybody who was learning languages, <laughs> especially in an American Right. You know, everybody was like American do you play basketball because he was like six foot seven
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, like tall dude yeah. so right right that's the thing you can't really pigeonhole or stereotype a language learner either because he broke yep. that down too yep like, he's so and, unique
1: and 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 he went full fledged he didn't even just become conversational at stuff man he he would oh. learn their writing system he wanted to learn about oh, the culture man. and stuff like that. it's a shame that he didn't travel as much as he did Uh like i knew he traveled with the united states but at the same time you know i think he knew what he was doing because his goal was to make people feel at home yeah and if Mm -hmm. you go to china and speak chinese they would probably still be impressed but you're not going to make them feel at home you know the big thing here like when i did it just a week or two ago when i went to that restaurant it was it was the day after he died Uh and i was like okay i've always been afraid of this and uh, i went in and I literally know no Arabic. I know how to say, like, thank you and hello and stuff. And so I was just like, boom. And the look on that person's face, it clicked. And I said, I understand why he did what he did. Like, just because, you know, that just being, they're they're from Egypt. And I was like, you know, just that they probably haven't heard that. And that's probably something like making them feel a little bit more welcome. Um, Yeah, it's. It's crazy, man. I still, I can't believe he's got, he's way too young to die right before his 40th birthday.
3: Yeah,
1: And just so much more that he could have done. But at the same time, even though there's so much more he could have done, man, that dude probably lived one of the fullest lives that anybody has ever lived. Cause he, even though he didn't start making like that YouTube money that everybody talks about (laughs) until like later on, but, um, but it's from an industry that he built from the ground up and that dude changed more lives
0: than ugh. yeah, he changed more lives than almost anybody I can think of. It's like you said, like because like you said, when you spoke that um, people uh, in the restaurant Arabic and then he would have been doing that because you do get like an endorphin mm-hmm. rush. Like I find that oh, even absolutely. now, yeah. yep. especially with people like, yeah, we have our friends we can speak Spanish with, but whenever I get a chance to use like language in a a new unexpected opportunity that i wasn't like expecting you're just like oh like that's so cool and then not only that it's him to like document it and then show the world yeah yeah man i think god we have hours and hours of stuff
1: oh yeah and that like i said that's that's my struggle with japanese right now because Mm -hmm. ultimately that's what i want to do is i want to use language to you know connect connect with people and the japanese dude the japanese restaurant here yeah that's right it's a few minutes down from my house is ran by someone from indonesia um and thailand right and like the there's a waitress there from romania and like there's nobody (laughs) japanese there at all there's a japanese restaurant about 20 minutes down the road ran by chinese people like it's there's so where, where am I going to, where am I going to use it at? For sure, like, for sure. So, but it goes back and that goes back to personal journey as well. What your personal goal personal is. Personal
0: journey. I think that, yeah, it's so big. And then with like language learning community, like it's so big now with like on Twitter and like even 10 years ago and just observing it. And then now it's kind of fun. Yeah. Marcus Cody jumping in with this podcast into it. Um, are there people like in the community yeah, Moses, huge, huge for me too. Like, people right now that you really like that give you the motivation on a day to day basis, or um, well, there's a big list, big lots of names out there.
1: The people that I watch frequently are uh, I watch Shalma, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. just because I, I think Shalma is a super genuine dude, um and I like well obviously I watch like I watch like Mark's videos and Lindy's and stuff like that and yeah. I, but I don't um honestly a lot of time that I spend on YouTube is watching like uh, uh <laughs> like old wrestling highlights and say, stuff man yeah. <laughs> um
0: <laughs>
1: I'm watching like biggest pops of the 90s I want to hear those crowd reactions and stuff when people didn't go to wrestling shows to get seen on camera and wave at it when they pan the camera by. I miss the people being there for the moment, that kind of stuff. But uh, I watch like that and like some, there's like some sports creators. I'll watch like videos on that, but right. I don't watch a lot of language stuff anymore because I found myself getting too much into comparing myself to people uh-huh. okay. um, and seeing really how fast bad. this person was making progress, which would make me upset because no two people are going to advance. You put two people in a room together doing the same thing at the same amount of time, they're still not going to advance at the same rate. Yeah. So right. I, I don't tend to watch a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, uh-huh. but from, from time to time, I watch Shalma stuff cause I do some work for Shalma. So, um, okay. I obviously stay up to date on his stuff for doing stuff I'm doing for him. And, uh, well, I, you know, and I like his content, but, um, there's not really any other huge YouTuber yeah, that I can that I can think of. I, I still watch Matt stuff because Matt has influenced me a lot too. Matt vs Japan.
0: Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, there's a lot. Yeah. Man.
1: There's so many, and there's so many good ones.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, there's there's so many there's so many talent. Like that's what's a shame is like language Twitter language sphere language content creators is so huge now and. I feel like they're all just so freaking good, like, <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: and because the, the beauty is, it's not something that is necessarily you're good or bad at. Because every person's going to give you something you can take away, totally. Because totally. of their individual, that's the thing about It's not like it's not like a basketball player. Like, no matter how much I shot, I would never be a good shooter. Like, like I would never shoot a three pointer like Stephen Curry.
0: Yeah. Like,
1: just because I mean, I just couldn't. Uh-huh. But with languages like there's something to take away because it's not, I don't then not to offend anybody who would be listening. I, it's not a talent. It's, it's something you put time and effort into.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Everyone can do it. Right. Everyone knows how to speak. Yeah, absolutely. Cause everybody, and it's, not just speaking, everybody it's, yeah. it's reading and listening and, and everything. Right.
0: Yep. Yeah. I think that ties in like the personal journey too. Right. That's all. Yeah. Like, these channels are very personal. Yeah.
1: Well, not I get I get so many comments about people who are like not agreeing with the way that I'm doing things and I'm like then don't do it that way like oh, yeah. go, like, go yeah like go ahead like oh man that program sucks well so I would I would highly recommend not using it then I I don't know what to tell you
0: right. so yeah yeah it's a uh, criticisms kind of funny because uh Richard Simcott, He's been doing these sunday live streams and today it was about uh how to have less english english at some of these mult at these polyglot events or whatever mm. and this guy came up to richard and was like hey man i think there's too much english at this event kind of thing and the guy was saying this in english in english to richard and richard's like well like you can be part of the solution right now <laughs> and like yeah languages so
1: say it in anything yeah. else, else.
0: <laughs> yep. yeah man
1: that's the uh, thing man we're as english speakers we are absolutely blessed and yeah. also cursed at the cursed, same time because
0: cursed. yeah because you
1: can crazy. always default back to english but that also means you can
0: always default back to english yeah, yeah like yeah. So, so cody how have you found that navigating it the first week i know you said you didn't use a ton of korean but yeah so this is actually i just wanted out. to
3: comment on this because this is something i experienced on the weekend um, so when I, when I met up with this guy from hello talk, um, right. his, his English is, is, is pretty good, Like he lived in the middle East for, for quite a while and he's like traveled to a bunch of other countries. So his English was like really good. And a lot of the time we, we spoke English, like anything we, anytime we wanted to actually exchange real information, it was in English. And, like whenever I was speaking Korean, it was just like practicing some dumb things, but <laughs> Um, Start Start yeah oh exactly yeah so it was it was good and it was great practice and I think in that sense it's really helpful for especially for cultural information uh mm-hmm. but later on in the day when I got back from Daegu I um I mean yeah I had a couple of drinks and I got back here and I was like oh I'm gonna go back to that like bar that I went to the first night I got yeah. out of quarantine yeah and uh it turns out that the, the family was was all there again and a bunch of his friends were there. They were all in like their like the forties. They were in their forties and fifties. And they yeah. brought me over to their table and we were just like <laughs> giving me drinks. And like none of them spoke a lick of English. Nice. And it yeah. was I stayed nice. there for probably about two hours, just like they were really drunk too. So it was like super entertaining. <laughs> soju. And, yeah, yeah. yeah like, mostly Soju. Yeah, yeah. And how was your and,
2: comprehension? Ah. I- right because i had a couple experiences like that in spanish when i started off i was like i was just dropped in a situation where no one spoke english yeah. and i had yeah, to figure it out
3: that is the best situation to be in I honestly because you that's like that's a sink or swim moment yes because you when you swim? have the when you have the english safety net you it's not the same feeling it's like oh, I give up. But when you're like in a room with like these four 50 year old guys and they don't speak a word of English, you're like <laughs> like you feel like the like the, the gasping for air, you're like, oh my god, okay, like I for need real. to speak Korean. So it for. was yeah, and I, I love being in situations like that. And um like like Sebolt, like you were saying, like when you're an English speaker trying to learn other languages that's a problem. <laughs> so,
1: yeah, yeah it, it can be for sure. Like I said it's a blessing cuz you have there's nothing that's not made in English in terms of resources or any any language that you want to study, English has a resource for it. Yeah. So like I even think about like even going to like Icelanders, right? Like if they wanted to learn a little bit more unique language, they would probably have to learn English first right. and then learn from English but everything is in English
2: you know that's a really interesting point you just brought up so the vast majority of scientific information so like knowledge um, let's call it modern knowledge is in English Mm -hmm. like Wikipedia is by far the biggest in English now keep that in mind the majority of our information as a species is in in English now if you don't speak English you don't have access to that information right these things to the same extent right so it's it it is a huge or benefit to to be able to understand that right because if you can't you don't have access if you don't understand english you can't read english you don't have access to like the any of the scientific information at all
1: especially on a native level because there's stuff i could read that it's like i only kind of half comprehend but at least i kind of half comprehend it because i natively speak english versus Mm -hmm. going down the rabbit hole and only kind of understanding stuff but not at all because i can't even put it into context with other words that i don't understand
2: no but just think about this like smaller countries with smaller languages that like they're they're obviously functioning their society is functioning but there's so many things that they just don't know like the regular things that we do on a on a regular basis right that they just don't know of because they don't have the information.
1: Right.
0: But See it's what I'm saying? The lack yeah. of translation? like No, it's just like... I don't like feel it, like the entire population needs to learn a language. But, but you like can't translate everything.
2: Like, it's impossible can, to translate everything.
0: No, for sure. Because no. there's so much, but, right?
2: So Iceland, for example, that's a good example. That's a really good example. Now, they know English, so it's it might not be the best example, but like some other smaller language, say in Asia somewhere. They don't, they just don't know like basic things that what we think is basic at least just because right. they don't have access to that information.
1: Right. Like there's not probably not like a gigantic corner of the internet that's dedicated to like medical terms and twee for like Ghana or something. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's
2: what I'm saying. Yeah. So like, yeah, take healthcare, for example, like the doctors that don't speak English, they can't keep up with like the latest in healthcare because right. they just don't have that information.
0: Yep. Okay. So this is like from a technology no but it could like, be anything
2: is, i bet you that translates yeah, into any field
0: okay but like we're speaking about english like there might be i don't know ancient confucian philosophy in chinese that we don't understand because for sure right? oh, exactly. for so sure i just feel like there's these pockets of knowledge right in different but is
2: that is that widely available on the internet you see, like
1: English, well,
0: yeah, like, yeah, no, for sure. like I'm sure there's been tons of translations. Because I think
2: like 80% of the internet's
0: English, isn't yeah, it? I just right. saw a chart recently too about yeah, like
2: that's my point. And yeah, then, no, I think no, Russian is
0: next. Yeah, like like I just had a buddy.
2: Spanish is pretty big.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the internet for sure. Um, but like I just had a buddy who did a yoga course a couple years ago. He was telling me he's like hey ian have you done any sanskrit before i'm like no that's one language no i've not done any but the guy like was adamant about teaching his traditional yoga course like in sanskrit so yes obviously you could teach that course in english and like get most of the information across but according to this guy to do it the proper way and then to the Like the proper practice, it had to be in Sanskrit, and the guy was adamant about it, and he did it all in Sanskrit, even though the people didn't know Sanskrit. They kind of had to like follow along, figure it out, like use all the cues that us language learners do. But uh, yeah, I just feel like I don't know, like information and knowledge and wisdom, say, doesn't necessarily have to be in English.
3: Mm, Yeah, that's true. Because like you were saying about like uh, like ancient Chinese texts and things like that. I know from mm -hmm. Buddhism, a lot of uh, the texts are in Pali. Ooh, what's that? which is like and it's an it's an i don't think it's spoken anymore i think it's a dead language uh-huh. but a lot of ancient buddhist texts are are written in in pali and there's a lot of buddhist scholars who, who study it um kind of like people in the west study latin yeah. and there's there's a lot of knowledge and, and and wisdom there that is not translated and available in, in english right now right right interesting sitting there and...
0: Like here at Griffith, like like if you're an I bet, I bet there's so much knowledge that's trapped
2: in languages that we don't understand.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm confident. Yep. Well, there absolutely is.
1: That's I've always wanted to. uh, One of my biggest goals uh, over the course of at some point in my life would be to learn, um, what would be like ancient Greek and like biblical Greek uh to uh to try and actually read the Bible in its original. (laughs) Form. Form versus what the translation is, because I wonder how much right. is changed. Uh-huh. And the reason that I think that is because uh, the King James version, which is the version mm-hmm. most widely accepted, yeah. is translated by a king who also had Jesus painted in his image. So, yeah. <laughs> who, who's so, to say that dude wouldn't maybe change <laughs> a, <laughs> change it. a thing or two? So, yeah, yeah, just a little. I don't know little oh no little thought that'd be a whole like dedicating my entire life to it <laughs> but oh, yeah. uh
0: some scholars was, have right but yeah
1: but uh I would still be interested to see if there there was some
0: discrepancies
1: discrepancies of sorts
0: <laughs> right yeah 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 because oh yeah you know, like I I'm planning this translation coming up with a colleague and just reading a little bit of book on like bible translation like people have been burned oh, another oh another burning at the stake <laughs> reference today oh, yeah. like burned at the stake <laughs> for their Bible translations too and or even how when Martin Luther translated the Bible like he came up with so many idioms that we use nowadays so like but yeah like like what was Jesus spoke Aramaic Aramaic if I'm I not, think. if I'm not mistaken so right so he would have got his words translated then ancient yep. Hebrew and I think dude
1: if anybody's ever read a translation versus a dub on an anime or anything yeah 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 you know there's some stuff lost there
0: and if we can't figure
1: out if we can't figure out uh what this dude's saying to this chick in a volleyball drama on some (laughs) japanese television i mean who knows what can be lost we have our limitations now
0: so yeah just an observation an observation for sure (laughs) um all right, Seba, what's the future hold here? For you personally with for the me. language goals and your channel, what's, uh, what's on the horizon for the rest of 2021?
1: Um, so, I mean, studying uh, Japanese, I don't think is ever going to go anywhere. Yeah. Um, I do think if I want to continue to take my channel to uh, just any form of higher level, I'm going to have to start doing something else because there's only so many times you can watch a dude be like, And this week I uh, (laughs) tried to learn these 10 words and then there's only so many times I can take, you're an idiot. Stop using that system. Stop using that software. Stop doing. So (laughs) I think, um, I'm still going to study that. I'm probably just going to make some videos about some other stuff. Uh, I do want to start doing travel videos, hence the trips. Um, and, uh, I'm not saying I'm going to turn into a travel channel because language will always be something. But the cool thing is, is as I travel to countries, it's a perfect opportunity to learn a little bit of the language mm-hmm. and speak yeah. kind of goes hand in hand. So um, doing a little bit of that. Uh, and that's, that's pretty much it. You know, I do have a goal of uh, eventually trying to figure out a way to do this full time. Okay. Um, but again, that's also just with the idea of trying to expand my channel into further directions. So, uh, I do know that I don't know if that'll happen or not because I don't plan on being an overly edited. Yeah, I mean, anybody that watches my channel knows that I try to give stuff just, I mean, in all format, man. And, uh, yeah. I'm not saying I'm not going to edit the videos that I shoot when I'm overseas or wherever, but, uh, I don't want to just have the, kind of this highlight pat like i want to show the whole thing i want to show you know i I made mention in in one of the last videos that i made of i watched the guy who went to an ice motel in finland and it it was literally just like oh i'm here oh my gosh this bed is ice this sucks boom it was done in like five minutes and i was like but where's the journey like what what led you to there like i want to see you getting there what's the outside of this place look like what was the hotel room service like like i want to what is what is happening here man um so I don't know if people want to see that or not, but that's what I'm gonna shoot. So, <laughs> and maybe that'll make me be in my own little corner because that's already why people watch my channels because it's not this overly produced, edited, right. you know, stuff. Yeah. So, it's not like it is. So, and then ja- yeah, Japanese. I I don't know if I'll ever stop learning. Probably not as intricate as it's been the last year. Again, just yeah, yeah. because of. I mean, I've dedicated a year to it and. I mean, Japan seems like they're going to be the last country to open up. So, who God only knows when I'll even be able to go there. So,
2: right before Canada.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know Canada. I, see, and I want to go to Canada bad. And I don't know why. I think it's because of my love of wrestling and Canada being like, uh, especially like Alberta and stuff being like, there you go, wrestling capital of the freaking world. Producing all the people represent oh, dude, it? everybody.
3: Really? <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> we oh,
1: dude. Yeah, that's where. Like that's where all the hearts were from, Benoit was uh-huh. from there. Uh, <laughs> uh, teaching us stuff. Yeah, no Stamp- Stampede Wrestling up in Alberta, dude. Purdue, that's where all like the big names from no the way. 80s came from. Junkyard Dog yeah.
0: came from there.
1: No uh way. Brian Pillman started up there. Yeah, dude. Alberta is like wrestling capital. Like, that's where all the all the good wrestlers come from. Canada, man. I didn't know that.
2: Yep. Damn.
0: Canada. That makes yeah. sense. Check that out. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Like, we like to fight in yeah. hockey, but I guess wrestling that translates. Yep. It, well, and a lot of it's from it's from the hearts. Like
1: Stu Hart ran the dungeon up there, the heart Dungeon, and that's yeah, where they yeah. trained everybody. And he ran Stampede Wrestling in Alberta for how many every years, and that's where Vince McMahon picked all of his talent off of. I mean, he'd, oh, he they would go up there and he would clean them out, and then Stu would train a
0: new batch, <laughs> just repeat so the process. <laughs> It's down the yeah. pipeline yep. the, the wrestling
2: pipeline. that sounds sweet yeah yep
0: that's it man can't, we don't have a we don't have the keystone oil pipeline coming to you but we got some wrestling pipeline. you got some right. <laughs> you keep you keep pumping you keep pumping the
1: canadian wrestlers down here yeah, man. man. I'm, I'm
0: all good so all right man <laughs> um <laughs> sweet dude that's yeah i have a wrestling buddy who's a radio dj and he's always been into it but i didn't yeah the alberta connection yeah man
1: there's some i mean there's some people from other places yeah, like chris yeah. jericho jericho's from winnipeg
0: okay kenny, kenny omega
1: <laughs> kenny omega who's huge right now he's from winnipeg um there, there's people i think uh there's a tag team edge and christian from the 90s they're from i think the toronto area mm-hmm. there's a dude on tv now kevin owens and a dude named Sami Zayn. they're both from quebec uh yeah. it's just canada man <laughs> i just know
2: george st pierre from, from like the UFC, fighter. ufc yeah i was actually i was actually at a montreal canadians game and he he uh had the first puck drop like the ceremonial oh, puck drop GSP. yeah gsp awesome. yeah gsp and when he came onto the ice the place freaked out the entire <laughs> place freaked out that was How the bad. loudest the bell center was that night no like it was louder when when GSP went out on the ice before the game than when the Habs won. <laughs> wow. Like, when they scored and everything. That's
1: one thing, man. I've, I've I've tried to get into hockey, but I guess from where I didn't watch it as a kid, like, <laughs> it's hard for me to follow. Yeah. Um, There's a
2: lot of wrestling and fighting. So, if,
0: if I like mean, it that, sounds... Yeah, it sounds like it could
1: be up my, be at my <laughs> yeah, alley. Yeah, Somebody yeah. busts out a powerbomb on the majors, ice. Right.
3: Five-minute majors for fighting. <laughs> so, so um, since you are into wrestling is that one of the reasons you got into Japanese is like sumo wrestling
1: uh no, Japanese pro wrestling yeah mm, they okay. they have like outside of america they probably honestly have the especially now uh probably the second biggest uh like national power of pro wrestling in the world um it's huge but I, you know i remember going as as a kid i would go and like when my mom would go to the store and shop i would always go to the magazine aisle and bust open your pro wrestling illustrated or whatever the court case may be, whatever magazine. And you would see just these Japanese do, and it was always different because in America, it's always been kind of streamlined towards the idea of stories and stuff, which I mean, definitely that sells tickets good versus evil. This guy did this let's get even, but in yeah. Japan, it's, that is a part of it, but it's more so centered on the actual art of pro wrestling and, and, mm-hmm. That's even as a kid, you know, obviously stories would make you watch, but like I was always drawn to the actual art, the the dancing that people call it, you know, the I was always interested in that, like the actual combat, not the this dude said this and now we're fighting and I did something (laughs) like like I was always more so interested in the actual like what was making like what was happening in the ring. Um, and, and especially as, you know, getting a little bit older and seeing how those guys, like, how they made it look so real. Um, I mean, it's not that it's not real, but to see how much more real they make it versus, like, it's, it's incredible. Um, yeah. Like, and then just, again, Japan was so highly focused on that aspect of it versus, like, the storyline elements. And it just that was part of my injury because I, I actually am not a fan of anime <laughs> everybody's <laughs> like oh you're learning japanese because you love anime and i'm like uh oh, not really <laughs> so that's what
0: Cody's getting right now yeah that's how i feel k-pop. With, with k-pop
3: and k-dramas
0: but, or do you love um, k-pop
3: well some of it's some of it's not, some of it's not bad
0: how you like that <laughs> <laughs> hey one more wrestling question what about la lucha libre in mexico yeah you because yep. i'm i teach a sports unit in my high school spanish class i, I want to do more with like lucha libre and like mm-hmm. like santos like there's like lots of historical yeah all yeah. that at all
1: um so i had i followed it a little bit but not as much as japan right um okay. and that's just because america especially in the 90s just got like all of the talent from Mexico. So I would just watch it on American TV. I mean, at one point, like when I would watch nitro, I mean, literally the first hour was all the guys that they just got from Mexico wrestling each other. That was your psychosis and Juventud Guerrero and Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio's. And I mean, they just, they just got all those guys from there. And uh, so I don't, I don't follow much. There's, there's people who wrestle in like AAA and CMLL that I, no, but I don't. I don't follow it as much. Um, plus, I think one of the promotions down there use that weird six-sided ring, and I don't like those that much. Uh, <laughs>
0: right,
1: right. But I know the AAA champion is actually a Canadian dude. So <laughs> okay,
3: yeah, oh, another another Canadian. Dude. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I'm telling you, dude, the ca- Canadians
0: murder so we'll get into dude. this more I got oh, Canada. It. yeah Okay. i've got two <laughs>
3: things to add to the wrestling fighting topic just really quickly and the first one is uh so when i was in mexico i went to like a lucha libre did and you? it was so much fun it was one of the coolest things i did there and <laughs> oh, it's like, so acrobatic oh yeah and if yeah. you think of like what like a, a like a wwe match is like with the fans it was like in mexico it was like that on crack man like it was oh, yeah. crazy like Absolutely. all those all the fans like just yell at each other and like throw stuff at each other and scream and you know, sing songs like it's nuts
1: and that's what i love that's what i love about canadian crowds is they'll chant and sing like american crowds have gotten to the point to where we literally go to wrestling shows so we can hope a camera points at us and we can wave at it just like yeah. instead <laughs> right. of Dude, I want people who are part of the crowd. I want the chanting. I want the people yelling at the
3: wrestlers. Like, I, I yeah. want that realness. Yeah. yeah, so if you go to Mexico, definitely go check one of those out.
1: <laughs> I want to. There's a deathmatch promotion in Mexico that runs in a junkyard in Mexico City.
0: And I want to go, I want to, go to that. <laughs> God, I man. can't remember. What are they called? Uh,
3: That'd be so sick.
0: Mark from Language co got a video on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <Don't> like... <laughs> He's there. Do, like, do moves through, like, car windshields and stuff. It's insane. Oh, my God, yeah, man. Demolition derby wrestling,
3: and the other thing I wanted to add was like, so you were talking earlier about that. Um, with wrestling, like you were more appealed to like the the combat and the art of it, right? Yep, mm-hmm. so for me, it's like I'm not so in- into wrestling, I'm more into like martial arts and specifically like traditional Asian martial arts. Mm-hmm. And I so I really like action movies, and I can definitely relate to that. So, like, when I'm watching an action movie, like, what really draws me in is just like the skill. And the mm. precision that some of those actors and martial artists have is just, I just think it's the coolest thing to watch. Oh, yeah. And that's what really inspired. So I definitely understand the whole being drawn to the actual combat and the art of it, as opposed to just like the the big, like, oh, like, the, and like the story where like, oh, yeah. like this person did this. So like, let's, yeah. let's kill them. Or, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: You can give me a little bit to get me into it, but I need, sure. I need to have... Instead of having it today where it's 30 minutes of hype and a 10 minute match, I want five minutes of hype and a 35 minute right. or 40 minute match.
0: Yeah. 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 Cody, man, get your Korean good enough. Become a stunt man as a side gig.
3: <laughs> yeah. Hey. So when when I get paid here, I'm gonna start taking taekwondo. Yeah, here. man. Yes.
0: I trained in jujitsu for a little bit. Nice. Oh, nice. Yeah. Which
1: is, I guess is I guess it's more of a defensive art versus like mm-hmm. strike. But I've always wanted to yeah. do uh, muay thai too.
3: Mm, yeah i I think in the martial arts community generally the best for self-defense i've seen is those two like if you know jujitsu and muay thai you can just you can handle like any situation
1: yeah yeah jujitsu is nuts i learned so much uh because yeah the thing is jujitsu you can defensively takes you can literally have them swinging at you but like especially if they're just going in blindly, man, it's so easy. And you can conserve so much energy so you can literally let them wear themselves out on you. And then you're just like, all right, well, I'm just going to pop you in this choke yeah. and we're just going to chill here because I have all of my energy <laughs> and you've straight up just gassed yourself. You're out. Yeah. Yeah. But Muay Thai, I was, I always wanted to get into because of those Tony Jaw movies, Ong Bak
3: oh yeah i i haven't watched any of those but i've i've seen like scenes from them they look really cool oh they're so they're so
1: freaking awesome man they're really really awesome they made i think three of them and then he he's done a couple of other movies but yeah those movies rock
0: I'm back, sick i got stuff to check out, out do
3: too. it check out that Solid. and if,
1: if y'all you say you're, you're in korea have you seen old boy
0: oh yeah i've heard you mention
3: old boy's
1: old, my old f- boy yeah, uh f-
3: no, but I should.
1: I, I'll definitely watch that. Dude, it's it's my favorite movie ever made. It's not a Muay Thai movie. It's not like a martial arts movie, but it's it's a revenge. Movie. Yeah. Okay. But it's it's my Yeah, even even though Japanese is the language, my favorite movie ever made is a Korean movie. And for the love of God, don't look it up because Just the ending, ahead. like you can't like I'm I'm afraid that you'd see a spoiler of it and it's something oh. that it's something that is like so incredibly effed up <laughs> but if you prep yourself for it you're just gonna be like oh well yeah but like man I, the first time i watched it i remember just being like oh my god no that is <laughs> okay. so terrible all Hopefully. right i'll
3: go into it blind
1: yeah what year it? is it uh oh geez 2000 oh okay so it's 2000 2000s ish somewhere around in there it's part of a trilogy the vengeance trilogy it's uh Old Boy Lady Vengeance and Sympathy for Mr Mis- Symp- Sympathy for Mr Vengeance and then Lady Vengeance. I don't know what order they go in cuz they actually I don't think are related. It's just
0: the Vengeance trilogy. trilogy. <laughs> but um but yeah. yeah. Put that on the list. All right boys. How a
2: feeling. Yeah. That was um guys I got to get going. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
3: That was that was a
0: long man. podcast no, Oh, dude. I'm <laughs> I'm long-winded. Sorry. the master of the the, the long-form podcast, man. Dude, there's yeah. so streams. You're like my language learning backdrop, man. I like put on your <laughs> stream while I'm doing languages, man. Solid combo for anybody. I talk forever. That's <laughs> awesome, dude. Um, all right, folks, we got Siebel here. Uh, thanks so much, man. For coming to the podcast. Thank you. Yeah, it yeah, was awesome.
2: Yeah, that was dude. sweet, man. Yes, um, thank
0: you. I hope the world opens up and language learning events that happen hopefully cross paths in real life man and uh definitely it's gonna be lots of fun following you here uh all the stuff coming out so uh thank you to all our listeners uh give us a like and subscribe on all our channels and uh we'll see everybody next time so thank you guys all right ciao ciao